Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Teaching Others Also. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to continue probably today and maybe tomorrow on the idea of the value of troubles. The value of troubles. The value of trials and tribulations and problems and the value of all those things added up together, hardships, difficulties, uh, stress, rough going, delays. And we've gone through, believe it or not, this is, uh, this is the eighth day. It is Thursday, December 27th. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve, man alive, 2021. All right, now, we were in Romans 5, and so we need to start there. Go ahead and get over to 1 Corinthians 9. We're going to run a few references today. Uh, Lord willing, with the time that we have in each of these broadcasts, and I want to talk to you about hope and the context of hope as a Christian. Now, our passage that we've been basing it out of and learning out of says in verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, okay? Now, we glory in the standing we have in Romans 5.2 in Christ. We glory in our security. We don't glory as in boast of ourselves. We glory in it. We bask in it. We stand on it. We count on it because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it was based on anything else, we don't have, as they say, a leg to stand on. Okay? And that's the difference between a child of God and any other kind of religion, belief, faith, whatever you want to say. You know, when you think about an atheist, just for example, and I want to move on here, but the, the thing about an atheist is they do have a hope, believe it or not, and their hope is that there's no God. <clears throat> I don't know if you ever thought about that or not, and you can, you can help, help approach somebody and, and get them thinking a little bit, especially people who, you know, they boast they're an atheist and, and in reality they're not when it comes to troubles okay but the idea is they have a hope and that hope is that there is no god because if they live their life and they go through this life with that fatalistic there is no god and they are the god of their life and all that they better hope with all their soul that there is no god or they're going to meet him and head on so we not only glory in the hope of, we rejoice in verse 2 of Romans 5, rejoice in hope of the glory of God. One of these days, we're going to be in a place where nothing is like this. Nothing is like it is here. Absolutely nothing will be as it is today. And really, all we get is little tiny glimpses. Because I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So we glory in tribulations also, but why? Knowing what we know, Romans 5, 3, that tribulation worketh patience. Patience works experience. In other words, the verse says, patience experience, experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. When we get our glorying in the right direction, when we get our mind in the right directions, we glory in tribulations knowing this is God's process. That puts us in touch with the work of the Holy Ghost which sheds abroad in our heart 
fills our heart with the love of God. You see, the love of God is not like we love in a human level. The love of God is not so selfish and narrow-minded and, and shallow. So we want to think about this thing. I want to talk. We, we closed. We were talking about the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight in the hymn uh, yesterday. And today, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's talk about this word hope for a little bit for a Christian, for what we say a believer. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians 9 and look at verse 10 with me. Let's pick it up in verse 9. It, for it is written in the law of Moses, over there in Deuteronomy, it says, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? And what he's saying is, in the next verse, is he's letting us know that God made creation to teach us. God did not make creation and then say, Well, look at that. Those sheep and those people are similar. And those people and the wild donkey, the wild ass's colt of Job, they're similar. And that stubborn mule and that stubborn stiff-necked uh, heifer, they're similar to people. No. Somehow he is so amazing that God made creation to function and all this stuff, but he also put the typology into those creatures. He built it in on purpose. The Lord didn't look down and say, you know, the way gardens grow, that's similar to the way life is. No, he made it that way. Verse 10, or saith he it altogether for our sakes, question mark, for our sakes, no doubt this is written. Ready? For our sakes, no doubt. Mark it, no doubt. For our sakes, no doubt. See, Paul is sure that what's in there is because God designed it that way. Nothing, I like what the old timer said. He said, it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurred to God? God didn't just, God doesn't go along and go, oh, well, look at that. Isn't that amazing? Nothing ever just occurred to God. Verse 10, that he that ploweth should plow in, would you mark that word? Hope, hit that with your highlighter. And that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? And in the passage, he's talking about uh, the idea that if you minister about the holy things, you should live of the holy things. Verse 14, even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Now, there are many cases. The apostle Paul was one and he points it out that he purposely didn't do that when he went to different places that he had other people support him to go preach the gospel. That's a great picture of modern and historical missions. The point being is the word hope. You plow in hope. Proverbs says a sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Okay? What does that mean? That means, man, it's too cold to plow. But in most, many, many, many places... The sluggard needs to plow while it's cold so that the ground is ready as soon as the season breaks so they can get the seed in the ground so it can get the right water and sun. And before the season's over, it'll grow up and turn into a, into a crop. So he's saying the person who plows, they plow in hope of what? Of a return. He that thresheth, thresheth in hope. In other words, he goes out and harvests and, and separates the, the wheat and the, the grain and he wants to be partaker of his hope. 
Paul uses a similar thing over in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Here's the point. Life is often, quite often, about hope. Come to chapter 15 of that same book. And then we'll run back and we'll look at uh, Romans. Come to chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 15. Life is about hope. Where your hope is has so much to do with how much actual power is in your life, in my life. If my hope is in government, if my hope is in social things, if my hope is in the ease of life, if my hope is in the security of, of say, finances and stuff, well then, it's going to be a shaky hope. In Acts chapter 27, when Paul is recounting his shipwreck, <clears throat> and when we're given the story of them being shipwrecked, it says here that, as, as Luke writes in Acts chapter 27 and verse 20, it says in verse 19, the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. This is an extreme measure to try to keep themselves from drowning. And when neither sun nor stars and many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. And then after a long absence, Paul stood forth midst and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened to me. He's saying, I told you so. And then he says, though, in verse 23, that the angel of God stood by him and said, you're not going to lose anybody, Paul. Verse 25, watch this now. All hope has been taken away. They, they, they have reconciled, you might say, themselves to the, that this is it. We're done for. And he said, verse 25, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told be. Howbeit, we must cast upon a certain island. So they have hope, but it's not going to go the way they may have wished for. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, 19, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. In other words, if, if being a Christian is about this life, oh, that's a sad state of affairs. You know why? Because in this life, all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We wouldn't be able to glory in tribulations also. Our connection with, with troubles is also the God of the future. So he, may, he very well may not take it away, the troubles. He said in 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 4, verse 13, you might want to write this one down, 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have, what? No hope. Listen. I understand. I, I understand. I was not even 30 years old when we had to bury my baby brother. I got word my mother had passed at 54 years of age on my birthday when I was 32 years old. I get it. I promise you, I get it. Uh, if you want to talk about empathy and compassion, it takes nothing for me to have it. It just breaks your heart. But the point is, we don't sorrow as them which have no hope. We don't sorrow as them which have no hope. Romans chapter 4, just across the page from our text the last couple weeks. Romans chapter 4. 
<clears throat> Romans 4 is the story of Abraham being recounted. In verse, uh, in verse 14, well, let's pick it up in verse 12. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. Now watch, this is amazing. One verse, because of time for the day. Verse 18, who, uh, who against hope believed in hope, who against hope believed in hope. Kind of like Acts 27, 20, where he said, all hope had been taken away. God told Abraham, when you tried to fix it with Hagar, you and Sarai, Sarah, by the way, Abraham didn't break Sarah's heart by having that child with Hagar. It was Sarah's idea. She thought that they could have this. They were doing the surrogate thing like people are all obsessed with today. They just forgot to put God into the equation of the promise. So he didn't commit sin against her, adultery. In the Old Testament, thank God it's not that way in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, uh, they had... Uh, Plurality, you can call it. They had a whole different setup. Uh, the 12 tribes that God honored, called the 12 tribes of Israel, they came from four women. Legal in God's eyes, all that stuff. I, I don't know about it. I've taught about it. You can find the audio files. All I can tell you is, praise the Lord. We went back to the Adam and Eve way in the New Testament. Praise the Lord. But understand this. They had tried everything Everything was, all hope had been taken away. She couldn't bear children. And yet he said that Abraham, who, who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Look, and not being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in the faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Listen, he believed in God who, against hope, believed in hope. One of the values of troubles is the deeper the trouble, the more you can have hope, even when all hope has been taken away. Now, the, the hope might be, uh, the outcome might be different than you're thinking, but the hope is in God. Today, let it sink in. Tomorrow will be Christmas Eve. We'll do one more in the morning, and then, you know, and then we'll talk about that, you know, the Advent. Believe today. See you tomorrow.